KSB FM Santa Barbara 91.9. This is Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. This is the show that shares what's happening in and around Isla Vista and the UC Santa Barbara community. On tonight's show, I spoke with 2nd District Supervisor of Santa Barbara County, Laura Capps, and her Communications Director and Isla Vista Representative, Jordan Killebrew. Supervisor Capps is a Santa Barbaran who has spent her career working in many different scales of government, including on a national level, and now is using her experience to advocate for the county she grew up in. Since her term began, she has stressed a special attention to the future of young people in the county and creating a human-to-human connection between the county and residents. We spoke about cliff erosion, the recent eviction notices in Isla Vista, and how residents can have their voices heard by local government. Joining me now is Supervisor Laura Capps and Jordan Killebrew. Thank you for coming to talk with me. Could you please introduce yourself and talk about what you do? Oh, absolutely. Sure. I'm uh, Laura Capps. I'm the county supervisor, which uh, means that and I have the privilege of representing Isla Vista and UCSB in our county. And Jordan, why don't you introduce yourself, too? <laughs> That's an exception. Hi, um, so I'm uh, Jordan Gilbrew. I am district representative specifically for Isla Vista and UCSB um, and communications director uh, for Supervisor Caps. All right, thank you. Just off the bat, tell me how you guys have been transitioning into office and how you've been getting into the rhythm with the county, sort of. And please let me know if there's any like successes that you've seen early on that you'd like to share. I have wanted to do this kind of work for a long time because people might not really understand what a county supervisor is, and that's totally understandable. <laughs> um, it's not uh, it's not the most you know sexy job name, but it's actually really important work because the county is on the front lines of how our quality of life is determined. So the air we breathe. Uh, our housing, our rental, our rent capacity, our homelessness solutions, um, so many things relate to the county that that hopefully you don't worry about. And then that means we're doing a good job. Like, for example, a fire department is county. So hopefully you don't have to use them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you uh, if you get in an accident or obviously if there's a fire, uh, then you will. And then you'll interact with your county ser- services. So um I have long worked in government and politics um, on the national level, started off my career in the White House a long time ago after college, and I worked in the United States Senate, and I've worked in national nonprofits that, you know, working for the country, starting in Iowa, then New Mexico and Arizona, and so I have a, a good sense of, of national issues and uh, what it takes to make a difference an impact on the national level, but um, about 10 years ago, I moved back to my hometown of Santa Barbara because I really wanted to focus in on my local community. It's where I was born and raised. And literally, I'm in. I'm a Santa Barbaran because of UCSB. My dad was hired in the in the late in the 1960s, and so uh, he and my mom raised our family here. So for me to be able to take what I've learned on the national level in these big important issues like climate change, like environmental, like like uh, poverty, and be able to apply that knowledge and that skill and ex- experience locally is is 
is really a dream for me in terms of my dedication to public service. And so the county is the best way that I know how to um, provide that kind of leadership and learn from folks and like Jordan and others as to how to best serve this county. Maybe that gives you a sense. So I started in December. We're about three months in. Supervisor Caps has been holding a unique way for residents to reach out to their district supervisor. She calls it Coffee with Caps, where residents can meet with her to discuss concerns and learn more about their local government. She stressed the importance of these meetings and how she hopes they can bring local government to people in an accessible way. It's on us to to go where you all are at and not sort of have to figure out how, hey, how do I get in touch with my local government. From these meetings and conversations, she says one of her biggest takeaways was understanding how students are experiencing the effects of the housing crisis. So our district is the most most student oriented of all of the all, all of the five. I mean, I've learned so much from students already about the housing crisis, even just, you know, things like like details like this, the application fees and how you have to um, often pay like six of those in order to find yeah. a place. Another one of her takeaways was the concern about street lighting in Isla Vista. She explained that from her conversations with students and a night walk with the Ivy Community Services District, it became clear to her that Isla Vista is in need of more lighting in order to help residents feel safe walking alone at night. When I asked Supervisor Caps about some of the narratives that she hopes to dispel about county government, she told me that the county shouldn't feel out of reach for students and residents. Things as specific as a speed bump are concerns that she values on the local level. She added that the county is there to provide things like emergency services that keep people safe during events like the floods that the county saw at the beginning of the year. And just to give some numbers, there were that first storm in January, there was 400 calls to emergency services. A mm-hmm. um, hundred of those were people stuck in their cars somewhere, flooded. and of that, there were obviously no deaths, thank goodness. So, um, I mean, that's that's how people should think about their county if they do, that these are folks trying to help them. We also spoke about the Board of Supervisors meeting on Wednesday, April 5th, that covered the housing element update. Supervisor Caps explained exactly what a housing element means and plans for future housing developments. Yeah, I mean, even the word, the, the term housing element is kind of confusing. Uh, I didn't really know much about it. Um, every eight years, the state requires every county and city to produce more housing to keep up with uh, the population and the, the needs of people. Um, housing is perhaps the most urgent issue that we're dealing with in the county of Santa Barbara. Uh, I just read something that we actually have in the whole entire country, we have the highest rents of of one bedrooms. It's like 2100 is the is the is the our our rent. Um, And, you know, you guys, that's no surprise to to anyone listening, right? Because you're paying that and you, you get it and you're cramming into one bedrooms and two bedrooms with eight people, et cetera. So um, housing element means that's the state requirement. It's a mandate. It's not an option. We have to build housing. And they literally give us a number. Like we have to do 4,100, I think, 87 in the South County, which is everywhere from Gaviota down to Carpinteria. And so that's what the the, the uh, county is 
putting those plans together. Nothing's going to happen overnight. These are plans that can take then, you know, five, six, seven years to build. But we're looking at areas where we need to do more building. And and part of it is that, you know, UCSB hasn't built um, housing like they are obligated to do for students. And so that's increased a lot of pressure on students, but also on other families living in Isla Vista. And we can certainly talk about the evictions that just are in process right now, but that's the housing element. So there was an update yesterday uh, where we gave more information about which areas we're, we're considering for new housing developments. And a lot of them are in Goleta. That's great. That's a good opportunity for more housing to open up in this. Yeah, I mean, the challenge was, you know, and my dedication is that we got to have as much affordable housing as possible. Um, I just know from experience on the Santa Barbara School Board that teachers and school staff can't afford to live in Santa Barbara, even though they work there. They live, you know, 45 minutes away, Lompoc, Ventura, et cetera. So that, you know, that that attributes to just challenges in their life and their child care, but also climate change because people are on the roads too much. So there's, you know, housing is at the center of pretty much everything that we're focused on. And interested in how you touched on how the university hasn't been sort of fulfilling their own uh, quotas for how much housing they need yeah. to add. Um, and of course, that's a whole thing with Munger Hall. But yeah. I saw that you spoke with Chancellor Yang a while mm-hmm. back about um, Munger Hall and just housing in general. Is there any insightful things that you'd like to share from that conversation? Sure, I was just a chance to actually see that um, sort of mock-up or, you know, um, replica, I guess is a better word, because it's life-size. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan and uh, my our other colleague, Daniela, went with us and we toured it. So I, you know, had we had an opportunity to see it and sort of hear their case of why this is the answer. It doesn't seem like it's the right answer to me, but um, most importantly, we need housing and the campus hasn't lived up to this, what they call a long range development plan that was set forward. I don't know, I think 2015 or something um, in which they, you know, put in writing and uh, how many, how many units they were going to build. And we just haven't seen that. So um, I certainly have concerns about Munger Hall. It's not an issue that will, you know, that requires my vote or support um, eventually, but obviously, but I'm very engaged and care a lot about what what the future of it is. But mostly it was a chance to to meet with the chancellor and just tell him how how much we prioritize housing being built now, not waiting for the many approvals that Munger needs, but what can be done now. And to also talk to him about this this. Um, these hor- horrific rent evictions happening in Isla Vista. Yes, I would like to ask you about the um, evictions. A code red was declared in the county yeah. in Isla Vista. Um, so talk to us about what the evictions are. And I saw that you went door to door to talk to people. Yeah. Please let me know like some big takeaways that you've had from being able to talk with people living there. Sure. No, and we've gone door to door a couple times now with with others, with um, good folks from the Isla Vista Community Service District, as well as um, our county social services people that work with directly with families. So we, I just, uh, it was my instinct. I just wanted to get out there when I heard this, how horrible this this evictions were, and just to 
talk to people. I've been doing that for a long time and in other other capacities. And I just it was so enlightening and and, you know, to go door to door kind of in the morning as people are getting ready for work or for class. And we talked to we've talked to a lot of folks. We, we went to every single door just to hand out resources um, to make sure that they knew that they you know aren't alone in this in this horrible development and 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 life altering tragedy. I mean, it really is completely unfair. These are folks who've been paying their tax, paying their their rents diligently. You know, these are students, these are families, these are working people. One woman I spoke to worked nights and is a Spanish speaker, yet the eviction notices were in English originally. Now, I guess we've talked to the company and they're at least doing them in Spanish, but it's it's, it's, a, it's a small compromise or small, uh, small token uh, um help there. But really, you know, we're now having an emergency meeting tomorrow with the board to figure out what other steps can be done either legally or with a change in our ordinance to try to help these folks, um, you know, in such in such dire straits. Yeah. Um, Can you talk to me a bit more about the meeting tomorrow? I know you're going to talk about um, an amendment to some ordinances possibly. Yes, exactly. So we already the county has an eviction ordinance. Um, that was it's pretty strong. Um, it's stronger than the state law, which would it, it actually allows um, if this happens for a quote unquote renovation, because um, I say quote unquote, because sometimes landlords, they say they're going to renovate, but they actually just do minimal changes like new paint job or something like that. And and that's not that's not right in my book. Um, so the what we're dealing with tomorrow is looking at our existing ordinance. Um, which is, again, like I said, better than the state. Um, our county ordinance offers three months um, free rent or rental assistance. Um, if this happens to tenants, the state is one month. But we're looking to make it even stronger tomorrow. And that meeting is at nine, nine o'clock on Thursday morning. Laura and I spoke ahead of the special board of supervisors meeting that happened last Thursday, April 6th, in which the proposed tenant protection amendment was passed in favor of stronger protections for tenants. So you said that there's resources for people to get uh, that three months. Are there any other like particular resources that you'd like to share for people? Yeah, I'm just legal assistance, especially if they're students. Um, the the UCSB, um, what's it? It's called AS Legal, where they um, can get get in touch with an office that will help them actually look at their lease, see what their options are. Because again, depending on where you are in your lease, there you might be able to get even more um, more assistance or be able to stay longer. We've talked at the doors with people who are get allowed to stay till January because they just signed a lease in January. So just understanding what your rights are, because it's very confusing. I mean, this is chaos being thrown at you often, you know, with some of these tenants in a different, you know, not their native language. So um, it's really important to just reach out. Uh, legal aid is also involved. They're meeting on Saturdays. I think it's every Saturday at 11 um, at the at the sweeps. And that's the uh, Santa Barbara Tenants Union, um, because thankfully the tenants there are starting their own union, which gives them even more legal rights. You're listening to Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. Today, we're talking with 2nd District Supervisor Laura Capps and Jordan Killebrew about representing Santa Barbara in the local county government. You'll hear more from them now. Um, I want to talk about some of the commissions that you're on. I know you're a co-chair of the Beach Erosion Commission. Uh-huh. And 
definitely for students coming up that's relevant with Deltopia yeah. upcoming. Sure, no thanks. Um, can you talk about, um, just like with the storms um, that have been recent and then Deltopia upcoming, what are some of the things that you guys are sort of looking out for with beach erosion? Well, number one is safety and people being as safe as possible uh, with balconies and not too many kids or too many students on uh, balconies is the number one. So Isla Vista uh, Community Service District has done a great job of of putting out warning. We're we're just amplifying those efforts and getting the word out that safety is is first and foremost. And I'm also interested in looking at some kind of protection along the bluffs so that we I mean there shouldn't be students that you know, that perish um, too often, you know, from falling off a cliff late at night or whatever the circumstance. And so we're, I'm in favor of, of some sort of, some sort of fence, um, some sort of barricade that would, you know, stop this. Too many have happened over the last um, several years. And to me that those kind of tragedies should be prevented. Beach erosion is a big issue, obviously related to climate change and our storms and these climate related events. We see, um, it, you know, Goleta Beach has a bunch of sediment on it now because they um, we need to do that the county, uh, that's a safety measure as well because there's these uh, storm basins up in the hills that capture water so that prevents flooding and sort of the destruction that we've seen from people's houses and even their lives. And so that those basins then get cleared out and help with the erosion problem at Goleta Beach. So there's a lot <laughs> with beach erosion. It's a big topic, but I just, if there's one word to associate with beach erosion, it's it's safety for people living in Isla Vista. Yeah, that's definitely a top priority. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Just if, if anyone wants to be in touch or they have questions or they, they have issues that they think that that we should be aware of, they should reach out. Uh, my email is lcapps at countyofsb.org. And we'll be doing another Coffee with Caps soon. So that's just a good way to be in touch with us and um, know that there's people working on your behalf in your county government. And, and you know, we want, want, we want you to have the best experience you possibly can, either while you're a student or while you're living in, in Isla Vista. Okay. Thank you so much, Laura and Jordan, for coming to talk. Thank you. Thank you again. We're talking about your local government with Supervisor Laura Capps and Representative Jordan Killebrew this week on Inside Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom with KCSB News. You can find out more about the services that Santa Barbara County offers at countyofsb.org. You've been listening to Inside Isla Vista. Thanks for tuning in Wednesdays at 5 p.m. to find out what's happening in and around Isla Vista. I'm Clarissa Hom. Our theme music is Siesta by Jawser. This is 91.9 FM KCSB. Mm-hmm.